Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. Today we are going to be talking about wrestling and resting and more specifically, are you wrestling or resting? So we've been talking about in my church, uh, something that's really interesting when you really dive deep and you think about it. And when you realize that you are living for God and you are called to make disciples that it's not about being an example. It's just about living naturally the way Christ wants us to live. You know, being an example, when somebody wants to be an example, typically they're thinking of, you know, how can I turn up the intensity when I'm with certain people because I have to be the example? And, you know, that's the wrong mindset because we should be so consistent in the church and out of the church, at home, outside of our home, wherever we go, we are ambassadors of Christ, which means we can just live naturally. We don't have to constantly think we need to be the example, right? And, you know, some people would like to argue that the disciples, uh, they looked up to Jesus, right? But there were so many people that saw Jesus in the flesh when he was on earth. And where are they now? You know, when you want to be a soldier for Christ, it could take a few months to become a real disciple. A few months. I don't believe it's an overnight thing because you have to learn you have to learn, but it could take a lifetime to learn everything about God. You're constantly learning and you're constantly adjusting. I want to read in Romans chapter 16, 17. This is Paul and he reads, now I urge you brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord. Jesus Christ, but their own bellies, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of the Lord Christ be with you. Amen. So again, there's people in church and from what we just read there's people in church that are serving christ right but are they really serving christ no they're serving their own bellies whatever it is they do whatever it is they say it's to get their own recognition paul warns us to stay away from these people these people with flattering words uh, they deceive the simple right amen i'm so blessed that we have these warnings And that we can be sensitive because the Holy Spirit will reveal these people. He will. And Paul says here, note those who cause division and offenses and avoid them. Right? We still love them, but we avoid them. We don't do ministry with them. We don't seek to spend extra time with them. Right? We're We're not seeking them out to be our best friends. Right? Avoid them. Avoid them. They use smooth words and flattery. I have a podcast on flattery. And I really encourage you to listen to it. But that is the language of the devil. I love this uh, verse that we just read because God says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. So 
just another powerful reminder that God is with us and Satan knows that he's going to get crushed because Satan knows the word of God even better than people. He knows that it says this and he knows that it's coming, but God is so powerful that he's going to crush Satan under our feet, right? And if we are living a life naturally for Christ, focused on glorifying him alone, this promise is for us, right? Today, the world would only take Romans sixteen twenty and say, God is for me. But that's not true. You have to take the whole Bible into context. You can't just say, and the God of peace will crush Satan under my feet shortly. No, if you're living in sin, that's, that promise is not for you. Amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, which we have spent a lot of time in on previous podcasts, I'm going to start in verse 6, and Paul writes, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me now the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Wow. So what does Paul expect? He expects God to present to him the crown of righteousness, right? Which is going to be given to him on that day. That's a capital D, right? And this is Paul writing to Timothy a second time, just about his love and his excitement to discuss the coming of Jesus, Shouldn't we all be so confident like Paul? Paul is telling Timothy, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul is very aware of what he has done for the Lord, right? Shouldn't we all be so confident in our faith to know that we are going to meet the Lord? We're going to meet the Lord in the air, right? Amen. I want to continue in John chapter 14. Verse 2, and it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Capital M. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, in the way you know. Wow. So even more that we have to look forward to when we live a life naturally for Christ we can look forward to many mansions. It says, in my father's house, there are many mansions, right? God is not a liar, which is why he says, if it were not true, I would not have told you, right? He has prepared a place for us. He has. So Paul is discussing the event of the rapture, the Lord coming in the air. This is not Jesus returning to earth, touching the ground, right? This is the Lord coming in the air. This is the rapture, right? To take servants that are like Paul. What do I mean by like Paul? Not following the example of Paul, meaning not always having your mindset on, oh, I need to be like Paul. Oh, turn up the intensity dial here. Oh, say this around these people. Make sure you drive it home. No, just live a life for Christ. Discern what he wants you to say. That is like Paul. That is like Paul. Have you ever thought about why Jesus returns to the air for the rapture? So Jesus will return in the air and the dead in Christ will rise first and then those who are alive and remain will be caught up. We've talked about this on previous podcasts, but why the air? Jesus in his form, when he descends from heaven, if he were to touch earth, he would destroy it. If he were to set foot on earth, he would destroy everything, including man. Why? Because he has an incorruptible body. 
He does. And the Bible says that uh, when Jesus returns, the brightness of his coming and his breath alone is going to destroy Satan. Can you imagine? Like you can exhale right now. And God is so powerful that that is the power in his breath. Wow. When Jesus comes to meet his servants in the air, this is not the same thing as the second coming again. I, I really want to stress that. Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he is referring to the rapture, not the second coming of Christ. When Christ returns to earth for his second coming, his feet are going to touch the ground and there's going to be a new earth. So for the rapture, servants are going to meet Jesus in the air and they're going to go with him. And those who are left behind, they're going to have a lot of work to do, right? They're going to have a lot of work to do to be like Paul. I want to read about the rich man and Lazarus in this can be found in Luke chapter 16. I'm going to start in verse 19. And it says, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, so it was that the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar and Lazarus in his bosom. So the rich man died and was in hell where the beggar was in a peaceful place with Abraham, right? He wasn't in hell. He was in heaven. Then he cried out, the rich man cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. And now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Verse 27, then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, and that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. So the rich man wanted to come from the dead to warn his family about how terrible hell was. But he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Wow. So he wanted to rise from the dead to warn his family, right? Hell is so terrible. I'm being tormented in this flame. And Abraham explained, absolutely not. If they will not listen to Moses, they were not going to listen to you. Would you be changed if a loved one visited you to tell you of the torture they are facing? Really, would you be changed in this world where uh, they, uh, people chalk things up to excuse uh, or coincidence? Would you really be changed? And this was the point that Abraham was making. I want you to understand that Paul is referring to the rapture in his letter and he wants everyone to be serious because there will be a day where many will be assigned to their eternal home and that's heaven or hell. He wants you to be aware of both. Jesus wants you to be aware of both. Paul was saying in his letter that he could die before the rapture, and Paul was referring to death as sleep. 
And Paul's looking forward to returning with Jesus. And Paul said, I poured out my whole life. Are you pouring out your whole life for Jesus? Or are you still excited when church ends 20 minutes early? Or you're going to leave church 20 minutes early? You need to pour out your whole life. Church is a priority. Amen. We've been discussing the importance of being converted like a little child through repentance. And Paul was converted. Paul was converted. And salvation is critical. And we have one chance. We have one chance to secure our salvation while we're on earth. Once we sleep or once we die, it's over for us, right? The rich man wanted to come from the dead to warn his family. He cannot because it was over for him. They cannot go there. And without the Holy Spirit, we will forever be childish, not childlike. I have a previous podcast on this. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot live naturally in Christ. We would just be an imposter. The power of the Holy Spirit is what transforms us. Amen? And again, Paul had great expectation. Shouldn't we also have great expectation? Paul denied the world and himself just to gain one. One, and that was Jesus. And this is only ever the result of conversion. When somebody can deny the entire world just to gain Jesus Christ, that is because that person is serious. That is because that person is, uh, has repented and is baptized with the Holy Spirit. They're not moving from a flesh power. It's the Holy Spirit power. And don't forget about Paul. If you don't know the origin of Paul, you should know that he was once Saul who hated Christians. He hated Christians. He did terrible things to Christians. And God sent Ananias to pray for Paul, even though Ananias didn't want to. Paul had a reputation. When Ananias was visited to receive the message that he was to pray for Paul, he knew exactly who Paul was. But Ananias was obedient and he prayed for Paul. And Paul, at that time, he had lost his vision. The Lord allowed him to become blind. And when Ananias prayed for Paul, the scales fell from Paul's eyes, causing his blindness to fade and he was able to see again. And Paul was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to read in Philippians 3. 7. And it says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So this was Paul writing again. Paul was willing to lose things that may benefit him in the world, if it meant it could glorify Christ. So he didn't care. He was ready to lose it, to turn away from it, to consecrate himself from it, if it meant that Jesus Christ would be glorified. So even if it benefits you personally, but hinders your service to God, count it as loss for Christ. Is it your job? Is it your family? You really need to reevaluate what is motivating you. Count them as rubbish, the verse says, and that's trash. To gain Christ. Everything that we have on this earth everything that we have 
we can glorify the Lord for our families, for our children. He blesses us so much. But we all must come to terms that we must risk those things to gain Christ. We must have that attitude, that willingness, if it means that we will gain Christ. So a really simple example. So if you worked all day, right? Maybe you worked a 16-hour day and you're so tired and you want to take a nap, but you already have these plans to go to this church conference. Uh, You're supporting another ministry or perhaps a friend. You're supporting your pastor. He's asked you to come. You've already committed to it and you sacrifice your nap, count your nap as a loss because you've sacrificed that to gain Christ, to glorify his name. Amen? Amen. When we live naturally for Christ, this becomes natural. To gain Christ is a total loss of the world. We can't just give up some of the world, right? We have to understand that we don't belong here. We don't belong here. Now, I'm not saying you cannot enjoy your life because when you serve Christ, you do enjoy your life. Even if people say you're judgmental, you're, you're serving the Lord too seriously, uh, your, your outlook is, is uh, obsessive, um, you're way too serious. It doesn't matter. To gain Christ is a total loss of the world. You know, today, you can look at this like a cup of coffee. Right? The black coffee is your life and you sprinkle your cream and your sugar into your coffee to make it benefit your taste more. And the cream and sugar can be Jesus. Many people do this. They sprinkle Jesus onto their life so that they feel better about their choices. But it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Right? People want to walk through the doors of the sanctuary for 30 minutes and sit down and stand up and leave. Right? That's the sugar and cream on their week. Right? You're sprinkling Jesus on your life. And it really isn't good enough. And Jesus sees this and he warns against this. Right? This is an example of somebody serving their own belly. People are not going to be converted by just following another person's example. It's the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned earlier, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to transform a person. I mean, it, and that's the truth. The Holy Spirit can make us live our lives for Jesus. Right? And the Holy Spirit doesn't force himself on us. It's something that when you repent, you can ask Jesus for. And it may not happen in that same moment. You have to keep asking. You have to really want it. You have to have a certain condition of your heart. You have to be ready for it. And Jesus is the greatest example that we could ever follow. Right? And still, as I mentioned earlier, how many people saw Jesus when he was on earth, yet still failed to change? They still failed to drop their nets and follow him. It's the same thing today. People are failing to change and they're failing to repent. Those of us who are hearing this right now, anything that I say, please know that I say it in a mirror, but we must work. We must work. We're living in these generations of laziness, these generations of artificial goosebumps where you can walk into a church and there's great music and fog machines and snacks and all kinds of things right? It's like a concert, right? Uh, Replicating this feeling of goosebumps, but goosebumps are only external, right? I'm after Holy Spirit encounters, really experiencing God. Overcoming the world is the good fight of faith that Paul speaks of. And we don't wrestle about personal problems. Paul wasn't saying, you know, I had a lot of problems. I had a lot of challenges, right? With my personal problems, Uh, Paul was challenged. He did have challenges, 
but this is not about wrestling with our personal problems like, uh, you know, are my friends mad at me? You know, is my marriage failing? I have so many bills. My job is, is so overwhelming. I'm so stressed out. Oh, my kids, they always need something. Those are personal problems. We, as servants of God, we wrestle against the kingdom of darkness. And we've read this before in Ephesians about the whole armor of God. And it says in Ephesians 6, chapter 10, this should be a nice review if you've been following along with my podcast. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's the methods of Satan. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Amen. So again, it's not about this mindset of we need to be an example. When we walk in faith and we really serve the Lord, we're not worried about being an example, right? We are focused on living the right life, right? Again, which is natural with the Holy Spirit. We will be led. Now, I'm not saying we live perfect lives, but we live Holy Spirit-led lives. As long as we are in the flesh, we will always fall short to Jesus, right? But there is so much work to be done. There are so many teachings that need to be reversed. They need to be erased from what this world has learned. And it's a method of the enemy. This is why we war or we wrestle against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's the business of Satan. That's his management team right there. That is who we wrestle against, right? Sitting at church is not wrestling. Remember, the Pharisees, they went to church. They went to church. They paid their tithes. They prayed. And that's more than a lot of people do today. And they were religious people. Jesus condemned them. Sitting in church is not wrestling. That is resting. That is resting. So I ask you again, and I'll leave you with this. Are you wrestling? Or are you resting? Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.